Welcome back, everyone, to Stay in Your Lane podcast brought to you by Triple T Transport. I'm your host, John Maley. Today, going back to Mr. Thomas Kern for some legal help here, TK, Walter Haverfield partner, uh, been all over the transportation industry for years. Uh, some some staggering numbers have, have come out this year, and uh, we've seen a shift. Uh, Supply Chain Quarterly says cargo theft rose 41% in the first 20 weeks of 2023. 41%. Now, let me throw some other numbers at you. The Lodestar stated that double brokering estimated to cost our industry over $500 million a year. Now, you being a transportation attorney, I know you're going to have something to say about that. The TIA, the Transportation Intermediary Association, which I know you're familiar with, established a task force to fight freight fraud. Is this the back-end remnants of the COVID fraud that we saw all over the ports? Or is this just where we are as an industry today? What are your thoughts, Thomas? Um, well, I think it's somewhat reactionary, obviously, to a, uh, a, a tough economy. Um, and, you know, post-COVID, it, it, you know, we never really bounced back 100%. Uh, I think we're still trying to do that as a, as a nation. So, uh, and in fact, for some people, it's gotten much worse. Different regulations that have come in that have caused, you know, people in the trucking industry, uh, jobs and things like that, you know, for instance, AB five, which, you know, people had to let go of people that we talk about sometimes. So I think it's more of people are, um, more desperate right now. Uh, Backs against the wall. Right. Well, anytime you see a surge, uh, like that, you you know what I'm saying? It's an, it's an anomaly. It's, it's not normal. It's not, it wasn't a 2% surge. You know, thing it wasn't the status quo, so something's up. Um, and I think honestly, it's we're really feeling the effects of you know, not only two years ago, three years ago, um, four years ago, and these measures that are taking place jobs lost, uh, economy, you know, kind of in the tank. Um, and it hasn't come back now. We're dealing with you know, inflation issues, uh, in the industry, and so. That is my theory on it is just folks have less money in there. So they're doing more scamming and you're seeing it's not just transportation. I mean, there's scamming going on in every industry. Yeah. Uh, Cyber scams are, are, are just absolutely off the chain. And I would yeah. say for the past couple of years, we've seen a huge uptick. Yeah. And I mean, our, our federal government can't even keep them out of their system. So, uh, you know, how, how are we supposed to ask? Well, actually, I think we probably do a better job as as a private uh, industry. Uh, but yeah, it's rampant. It's real. And, you know, the number one thing on all of this is be vigilant, um, as I'm sure you you guys are. Um, yeah, we get in front. And it's more it's more. Yeah. And, and that's that's the number one piece of advice. Right. I mean, the back end stuff. You know, we can talk about some of the things you can do, but it, it's really 
on the front end, anything you can do up front, as, as you well know, to avoid it, uh, you know, every little bit helps. I mean, it may be five minutes you take extra to Google this outfit or, or look them up on the FMCSA. Uh, you know, you didn't just take the low board's word for it or whatever. You went and did a little bit of your own, you know, you yeah. five minutes and you see, oh, wait a minute, this isn't what the, this uh, carrier number is connected to a different uh, group. This name isn't right or this email seems the Phone strange. numbers don't match. Call somebody, you know, call them, find out. If it, if it doesn't sound right, don't do it. And that's really... Uh, you know, I, and, and I know it's easy for me to say because I do understand, you know, John, I go into your shop sometimes and I see uh, how hard you guys are working and how fast it moves. Uh, just walking through the bay, I can see behind you. I know those people are working all day, every day, trying to move flows really quickly uh, and find the best person. So there's also the practical piece of it, which I understand. Well, but five minutes, it could be five minutes that saves you uh, from a catastrophic loss. We have a, a lot of hoops that we go through on our due diligence uh, before someone is able to, to pick up a load for us or uh, on our behalf. The credit checks, the... Credit checks, the other services that we subscribe to, uh, freight guard uh, reports, uh, CARE 411, but I think our style of doing business protects us also. I think the fact that 80% of our freight is, is continuously hauled by the top 20% of our carrier base, we're continually moving the equipment. We're loyal to them, they're loyal to us. But we're, we're seeing so much more and hearing every time I look at anything on freight waves or on anything industry related, uh, we're seeing a ton of double brokering be brought up. Now, there are things that we expect to go higher when the economy gets tough, right? You see more claims. Percentage-wise, claims will go up if you aren't aggressive about staying in front of it. Uh, carriers don't run their refrigerated trailers on continuous trying to save fuel right? You end up with a claim. Those situations happen. Uh, from a fraud and a scam perspective, I think there's a lot of times a shipment won't be paying what somebody really wants. They'll take it from a broker and then they'll broker it to another carrier for a whole bunch more than what the freight rate was originally paid. And then they don't pay the carrier. Um, I think that those scenarios happen when you're doing business with people that you don't know more so. Car manufacturers, I heard, were still sending their cars from manufacturing to dealerships empty and then shipping the other stuff to be installed at the dealership because of cargo fraud. Right. Are you and seeing an influx of double brokering? You know, honestly, it's usually like one of the biggest things that comes to me um, and it has been for years. So for me, I haven't seen like more work in that specific area. It's kind of pretty steady um, and, and it's not new, right? I mean, so what is it? Map 21. So th that was 
I mean, put in place a lot of those provisions were to help uh, clean up the brokering industry. Obviously, they raised the uh, bond rate. Yep, two fifty. They made it. They made it harder to become a broker. They wanted to uh, make the entry threshold a little higher. Thinking, you know, the thought behind it was they would have more qualified, you know, better folks. They gave a private right of action against anyone who is in, engaged in the double brokery or illegal, sorry, illegal brokering, we should call it, uh, a private right of action against any anyone that was involved in it. So what that means is you can go for the first time, you had a way to go after the owners, the officers and directors of these brokers. And that has been a powerful tool. No one wants to see their name on a lawsuit. So it's it's one thing when it's the LLC, right? When it's you, it's a little bit different. And this uh, particular law gave gave the ability to do that. It created a private right of action. So to give so you can go after them personally. Oh yeah, and it that's wonderful. That and I tell you, that's a settlement maker. It really is. (laughs) Um, You know, just trying to get. You know, and all you're trying to do is is get made whole and make things right. You know, nobody's looking for a windfall or this or that. I couldn't, I've never found like a case where it's been taken all the way through trial. Um, that makes but, a statement though. Well, it does. I mean, it's, it's very interesting, right? Um, yeah. It's, it's in, and I, I'll tell you from a lawyer's perspective that uh, that this math 21 has been incredibly effective. Um, it, again, that private right of action gives me access, gives me a legal basis to sue not only the company, that engaged the individuals both involved. companies. Actually, the, the company that that was supposed to to be the motor carrier and the company that they brokered to. That company as well and all their principals. So that gives me a bit it allows me to cast a very wide net. That's good though. Oh, it's great. I mean it it's uh So it, why do we have all this double brokering being talked about? Well I think hasn't deterred everyone from doing it. Um, and some folks are desperate. So I think what you have to do is use trusted carriers, obviously. Go through these vetting techniques. I mean, you can get online and find a white paper that says five things, you know, blah, blah, blah. Every uh, load board will have one for you. Uh, you know, a, a five or 10 things to avoid fraud and double broker. It's- I mean, there are gonna be people that you can't make happy in our industry. There are. I mean, you can do everything possible and still not, you know, you're not going to be able to make everyone happy. Uh, but when people show you who they are, believe them. Oh, absolutely. And, and, and here's, a, here's an issue, right? People double or illegally broker all the time. And a lot of times it works out and right. nobody says a word. They're going to keep doing it and it's not always going to work out. So at that point, they have violated that contract. That's the other thing. You don't want to create a course of dealing where that becomes okay. Um, so there's another piece. But to your point, it's all proactivity on the front end, right? That's the number one thing you can do. I bet you the firms that spend five extra minutes have like a 90% lower issue rate with this, right? I right. mean, it's like just do do the put the Band-Aid on the front end so you don't have the, the surgery later, right? 
Right. I mean, you, it's preventive maintenance. Yes. I mean, it's it's no different than going out and uh, checking to make sure the truck's got air in all all the tires. Uh, something I do too is um, I will notify the insurer sometimes at the same time um, if I can figure out who they are on the FMCSA. Uh, I'll send the insurance company uh, an FYI. Yeah, like you're going to be paying on this. Um, and and uh, to all the carriers involved, like one of you guys is is going to make us whole, or we're going to, you know, sue everyone uh, and all of the principals. And we will. Uh, most folks will. This is one that particularly upsets uh, folks. It, 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 you know, they feel betrayed and deceived. Um, so a lot of times, you know, it, it, it almost feels personal. Um, and they, you know, at least a lot of my folks will will uh, uh, go after these pretty aggressively. But that's really how you have to do it. I and mean, you never want to let any of this stuff sit. You have to to immediately start trying to to, to resolve the, the issue or the claim um, and trying to get to insurance as quickly as you can. So uh, for all of you out there watching this, if you have uh, trouble brokering scenarios that uh, you, know, you haven't been paid from, if you're an asset-based carrier and you haven't been paid, uh, feel free to look up Mr. Thomas Kern. We'll put his uh, contact information on the screen. He's with Walter Haverfield here at the end of this. Uh, appreciate you coming on, Thomas. Love the subject matter, and you're definitely well-versed and well-experienced. Yeah, for the rest of you out there, uh, transportation uh, questions, liabilities, concerns, uh, reach out to Thomas. And uh, thanks for paying attention to Stay in Your Lane. Yeah, brought to you by Triple T Transport. Thanks, John.